Good afternoon. It's almost 12 p.m. and that means it's time for the MoneyWeb uh, at Midday Show, hosted by me, Warren Thompson, on uh, Wednesday lunchtime. Uh, we have quite a lot happening in terms of uh, the forthcoming AGM uh, with respect to Steinhoff. Uh, we have just published uh, a very interesting story around uh, the purchase of a company that owns uh, a block of high-end uh, apartments in Cape Town. Steinhoff apparently bought that uh, towards the end of last year, uh, and there will be an update coming. But certainly, questions around more questions around corporate governance have been raised. And so, as part of our part of our show today, uh, we just a few minutes ago spoke to Demonor Recovery Services, uh, one of the shareholder representatives that will be instituting legal action against Steinhoff for damages incurred by shareholders. Uh, I spoke to Edward Fremont, the partner, and uh, Julie Brady, uh, the legal advisor uh, that will be attending the AGM. They have just published questions, and we discussed those questions with them uh, just a few minutes ago. We'll be, publish- we'll be playing rather that interview in just a few minutes. Our market commentator today, today is Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager at Ashburton Investments. We'll be getting his thoughts on the markets. Just remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the Midday Show. As I mentioned in the introduction, uh, Demonor Recovery Services is one of the firms representing shareholders uh, in potential litigation with Steinhoff, recovering damages that shareholders might have incurred as a result of uh, this developing story around accounting irregularities at the company, uh, with the AGM taking place at 1 p.m. in Amsterdam on Friday. Uh, Demonor has submitted a series of questions to the company and we discussed some of those questions with uh, partner Edward Fremont and legal advisor uh, Julie Brady. This is what they had to say specifically regarding the, the initial set of questions around accounting irregularities. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's relatively important because um, I think that the, the news, when, when the news was disclosed to the market in December, it came like a shock to investors. I think investors were of course, um, was really a big surprise for them. And so, um, if you look at the uh, the magnitude of, of of what we can call probably a fraud, um, we cannot exclude that maybe uh, the company was aware of um, more information compared to what has been disclosed uh, in December. We are not saying that that's the case. We are just saying that that might be a possibility. And I think that the objective of the AGM of this Friday uh, will be to get as much as clarity as possible on what went wrong. And the question is not only about the past, but also about the future. How is it possible for a company to fix what went wrong? And we believe that the uh, only way for for the company to to regain uh, the trust of the investor is to come with a clean sheet about its past. Okay, are you expecting the company to be forthcoming? Well, let's say that based on experience, we do expect that the company might give some pieces of answer. Um, probably the answer will not be uh, super accurate. What they will say, uh, again, based on experience, they will say that, sorry, but there is 
a number of investigations ongoing. Uh, we cannot jeopardize in this investigation. But I think this is not good, this is not right. I mean, the expectation of the investor is clearly they want to know what went wrong. Uh, the only way for the company um, to regain the trust, well, they need to answer. They need to provide answer to this question. And if you look also at the stock price, I think that that's exactly what investors are looking for, transparency. And every day, if you read the news, there is some more and more information about uh, yeah, what went wrong. But we don't know exactly how this thing has been made possible. We don't know exactly, yeah, it's the board of directors. Where are these guys working? Where are they making control and checks about yeah, about just things that were happening at the company. And I think as of today, there is a lot of um, things which, which are uncertain. And we believe that shareholders, being small or big shareholders, they all deserve a question to the answer by the board and the company. Okay. One of the other questions you, you start uh, talking to, and it's the, the idea of throwing throwing back and then obviously looking forward and ensuring that uh, some of, similar failures don't take place. You talk about in 2015, 2016, the financial year, the company reported that the board of directors assessed the design and effectiveness of the group's internal risk management and control systems. Uh, tell us uh, about the questions relating to that. Well, what they are saying is that in 2015 and 2016 that they they review all the um, the risk management policy, which is good on paper, but the reality, I mean, three years after, it was a complete failure, and we just want to know if this assessment well has been done correctly at that time. We just want to know if also and say something very important if um, the company was assisted by Deloitte and what was the role of the auditors in reviewing uh, the risk management. Because the reality today is that, well, this didn't work out because if the risk management would have been top-notch, well, there would have, there would have been no uh, disclosure of accounting irregularities. So we just want to know and just want to make, make sure that uh, this risk management back in the days um, has been done correctly by the board of directors. Okay, you also then get into uh, quite a uh, series of questions relating to uh, just what is going on with uh, PwC who have been hired by the firm to conduct the forensic investigation. Uh, you mentioned the 14 work streams that are, uh, that are underway uh, led by a gentleman called Luis uh, Louis van Stratum. Uh, are you expecting that uh, each of those 14 reports will be released by the company? Well, I mean, on our side, the company must disclose uh, the result of this investigation. I mean, it's just impossible. I don't see how it would have been possible for the company to justify the fact that, oh, well, this is the outcome of the Pricewaterhouse investigation, and we don't want to disclose this information. This would be a complete nonsense by the company. I mean, clearly. And so we are, of course, pushing the company and price to disclose as much as possible information. Again, in order for the company to be transparent with its uh, shareholders.
Uh, and we believe that information needs to be published as soon as possible as well. So if Mr. Stridham is talking about these 14 work streams that will complete their reports piecemeal, piecemeal um, investors have a right to view those reports as soon as they become available to PwC. Okay, great. Uh, perhaps then just turning our attention to what's uh, recently developed with the company uh, restating its uh, the value of its property portfolio. Uh, was, was that a surprise to you too, that, that initiation? It was a complete surprise. It right. was a complete surprise. I mean, how is it possible to have a mismatch of one billion of euros? One billion of euros. I mean, this is just, yeah, it's a complete surprise. I would say, yeah, it's a surprise and not a surprise because when you are seeing all this bad information being disclosed to the market, you say, when this will stop? You know, at a certain stage, um, I mean, the company must make now a full disclosure of what went wrong. And the company must disclose the results of the price Price investigation. Again and again, it's about transparency here. Okay, you also got uh, a question regarding uh, will Steinhoff begin creating provisions for investor claims uh, that have been initiated or that could be initiated in the near future? Uh, I would I would assume they would ha- they would have to do that, uh, Edward, uh, given uh, given what's going on. I mean, surely they've got to start provisioning for that. It's they're cool to do that. Really, it's really a decision to be made by the board of directors. Probably what they would say. Uh, based on the advice that they will receive from from the lawyers is to say that, well, you know, um, these proceedings are too early. Um, There are a lot of people talking, but we don't see any lawsuits. It's just the beginning. So, uh, well, we have no real visibility on what could be uh, the outcome of all this litigation uh, for for the company. But again, it's a a decision to be made uh, by the board. And of course, uh, I mean, it's their own liability to decide uh, if they want to create provision for all this litigation. You've, uh, you also make a, a point of, regarding uh, why Deloitte uh, Accountants BV were, were being uh, reappointed uh, as part of the proposals uh, or the resolutions that will be presented at the AGM to remain as Steinhoff's external auditor for the financial year 2018. Uh, that would be quite surprising. Uh, just give us your thoughts around uh, why why you think Deloitte might want to stay on as the auditor, given uh, the fact that we've got potentially uh, accounting irregularities uh, extending to as much as six billion euros. Um, that is that a is that a ve- fairly surprising view from your stance that uh, that Deloitte would even want to remain the auditor of this company? I think that that's a very good question. I think also let's imagine that Deloitte would say, well, um, I don't want to work anymore with Steinhoff. I think this would look suspicious. Um, so probably Deloitte think that they have some very good reason um, to remain uh, the uh, the external auditors of the company and probably the, the board as well as some good reason to believe that uh, Deloitte should stay as the uh, external auditor. But again, I think it's a decision made by the board of directors and yeah, they will be 
uh, it's their, under their own responsibility. You, you make a very interesting question here, asking, the comp- asking Deloitte now, because you have a series of questions for them as well. When they were informed of the investigation announced by German public prosecutors into former CEO Markus Joester and other senior, senior managers suspected accounting fraud in 2015, uh, sitting on the outside, uh, it appears when exactly did those uh, those that investigation come to light? I suspect it was when uh, the German Manager magazine revealed it in August uh, 2017. That is what we believe. However, we'd like to know, um, I think the main question is uh, whether Deloitte then took additional steps to investigate even further, whether their accounting uh, reviews or, or their final consolidated financial statements were accurate and um, didn't already pull the brakes on Steinhoff at that point. We don't understand why um, it's, it was kept uh, secret to this point, basically, that, that something larger might be wrong with the accounts. Okay, great. So I think some very interesting questions here. Uh, perhaps you can just round out uh, Julian Edward with uh, uh, just a few thoughts around the process that takes place at the AGM and when, if any, opportunity will be given to uh, investors and representatives of investors to ask questions and what uh, perhaps under Dutch law uh, the company is obligated to do in that situation. Well, it's easy. I mean, if you have shares, you can ask questions. And if you have been able to, uh, to register with the AGM, you can show up at the AGM and you can ask questions. And the board must answer the question. Of course, there might be um, a debate about the quality of the answer by the board. The board might say, well, your question is like last-minute question. I didn't have the time uh, to prepare the answer. On all sides, we send the question um, more than um, two weeks in advance to the board. So we believe that the board should be, and Deloitte, of course, uh, fully prepared to give us some answer to our question. And I think that's surely one of the basic right of shareholders is just to be able to ask questions and receive a clear answer from the board. No matter if you are a big or a small investor, it doesn't make any difference at all. Every shareholder deserves an answer to its question. You're back with the Midday Show, and that was uh, Edward Fremont and Julie Brady speaking to me from Demonor Recovery Services in uh, Luxembourg. They're going to be at that AGM, uh, which should be fairly robust in terms of uh, numbers of parties, shareholders, and representatives of shareholders asking some very forthright questions to the management and directors of Steinhoff. Uh, in, when we come back, it will be time to take a look at the markets. Right, the JC All Share today uh, marginally up almost uh, half a percent at this point at 57,046 points and it's green across the bourse with industrials up one-tenth of a percent, financials up one-third of a percent, gold mining uh, up nearly half a percent and resources up one percent. Uh, just keeping an eye on that uh, Steinhoff uh, share price, it has was making a good run up uh, 10%, I think, to 2 rand 60 uh, the last time I checked in terms of value traded on the bourse today. Uh, behind Nuspers, again, another good day for BATS shares changing hands very quickly. Uh, and we've also got Richmond and Barclays Africa Group uh, amongst the most traded shares by value on the JSC. The currency making a big move against the dollar. 
certainly from where we were yesterday at the same time, now trading at 11 Rand 98, it's up half a percent today. Against the pound, it's made up nearly 1.5% to 17 Rand 1 cents. And the euro, uh, the Rand is half a percentage stronger at 14 Rand 82. Uh, gold's at $1,345, and it's a good day for platinum and palladium. Palladium heading over that $1,000 per ounce mark, up 2%, and platinum at $944, uh, up 1.5%. But big news out of Imperial today with the resignation of Group CEO uh, Mark Lamberti. Joining me now to discuss reaction to this is Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at Ashburton Investments. Good afternoon, Wayne. Hello, everyone. Uh, just from your reading of that SENS announcement by uh, Imperial, uh, why is Mark Lamberti resigning? I mean, it, it can only be over all the controversy about the statement that he made. Same reason why he stood down from a few other organizations as well. Okay, so this uh, the company saying this development arises from the recent judgment in which the High Court found in favour of an ex-employee and against AMH, Imperial and Mr. Lamberti regarding a series of incidents which commenced in 2014. Uh, damages in the case have to be proven in due course. Uh, and uh, it said that Mr. Lamberti was found to have impaired the dignity of the ex-employee during a conversation on the 15th of April. Is that not enough to... Uh, warrant a resignation of a senior executive like a CEO? That clearly is enough, yeah. Uh, because it seems then that they get into uh, some of the things that have been said about Mr. Lamberti, uh, and then they say that regarding the publicity, he's stepping away from Imperial. So in my mind, it's not exactly clear is he resigning because uh, of the incident or because of what people were saying about the incident? Well, it's all related to the incident, yes. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I just perhaps a question on corporate governance uh, in South Africa, Wayne. Uh, we've had a look at the uh, auditing profession in under a magnifying glass over the last few days. Uh, have we got a problem with uh, corporate governance? And perhaps I'm not sure if you read Stuart Theobald's article or column in the Business Day on Monday talking about this checkbox compliance mentality that we have. Do we need to make changes to the way we govern? The, uh, govern uh, South African corporates and, and certainly listed companies as well? Look, I think there can always be room for improvement. My own view is, is that our corporate governance, I mean, obviously the Steinhoff story and obviously KPMG and, and a few other people that's been discussed uh, recently are clearly very bad lapses of corporate governance. But I think in general, our corporate governance is actually quite high in the country. But as I said, there can always be room for improvement. Okay. Uh, anything specific, Wayne, that you'd like to see happen? And, and uh, you know, perhaps with the perspective of, of being uh, where you sit as an institutional investor, uh, certainly one of the things that Stuart raised was that we should have more transparency around what is going on in uh, certainly the audits of listed companies as well as the boardrooms in terms of what happens uh, perhaps even publishing the minutes of board meetings perhaps redacting those where uh, issues of, of competitiveness are being discussed and you know the so-called uh, state secrets of companies uh, might be revealed but do you do you feel as an institutional investor that that we have enough information to judge the governance or the level of governance in our in our corporates well look I mean there is Quite clearly, over the last number of years, and we're very much involved with this, far more shareholder, let's call it activism for want of a better word, although I'm not sure that describes it correctly, but far more shareholder involvement 
in corporate governments in looking at what executives are doing, participation in annual general meetings. Um, there's been significantly more votes in the in the recent past by shareholders against resolutions by companies. So shareholders are becoming a lot more involved in the company. You know, we all stick to the various rules and well, companies stick to the various rules and ethical codes that have been done. Whether you start publishing board minutes or not, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see what, I suppose, the governance authorities and, and, and bodies say about that. But certainly shareholders are becoming a lot more involved. Okay, great. Perhaps let's just talk a little bit about uh, some valuations there. Uh, perhaps your thoughts on the Murray and Roberts Aton uh, offer? And uh, we, where do you think that is going, going to go from here? Well, look, I think a lot of shareholders are going to take the 15 rand offer because the 20, 20 or 22 rand at Murray and Roberts, you know, that's not money in the bank. The 15 rand is money in the bank. So I think Alan Gray and a few other people um, have sold their shares and Aton owns what now almost 40% of the company. I think a few Correct. other shareholders will take the 15 rand. Okay, great. Uh, just in terms of uh, some some of the other developments, uh, we're seeing a, str- a stronger rand. If uh, President Ramaphosa's new investment team has their way, we should be seeing more of the uh, certainly portfolio flows into the country. But I think yes. the purpose of that committee is really to drive foreign direct investment. Correct, yeah, and we hope that it does come, and it should come, because you know it is still a very favourable. Uh, uh, investment landscape here. We just have to sort out what this uh, uh, property expropriation without compensation means. I'm not terribly concerned about it, but the point is there's uncertainty around this, and I think foreigners will still sit back, despite all the good news in South Africa, will still sit back a little bit until more flesh is given to that, but clearly the establishment of this initiative is extremely positive, and it certainly shows a marked difference um, by the new administration in government compared to the old administration in actually getting direct foreign investment into South Africa. Okay, great. Just one other thing that uh, that seems to be uh, a very interesting development here. Great, what appears to be a great full year trading update out of MediClinic. Share price up yes. 5% to 112 Rand. Just tell us what you read into that. Well, look, they say things are going well, specifically in the Middle East and specifically in the last six months. So that's extremely good news after a very, very tough time that they've had there. Uh, their Swiss operations weren't all that good, but I think that, that had a lot to do with the timing of the Easter weekend and other factors. And the SA and, in fact, the Southern African operations as well had a, quite a nice turnaround as well. So for the share that's come under quite a bit of pressure in the, in the last while, it's certainly a welcome relief because the share is up about 10% in two days, and it clearly was a very positive trading update. All right. So so for all intents and purposes, the market thinking that this is a, uh, an authentic turnaround story in, in place, yes. in play. Yes, I think so as well. And when you look at the longer-term themes, I mean, if you look at, at South Africa, we hopefully will have a very large uh, influx of, of, of new people into the bracket of who can afford health care other than government health care, and that should be very good. And in the UK, the NHS has got such massive waiting lists that people who can afford it might, in fact, also go private medical care there as well. So that will, that, that will benefit their spire group. I mean, their spire group in the UK had this very, very unfortunate incident with one practitioner, and they've had to put in 
a massive provision for all the for all the things that that person did. But that's a one-off. But certainly, MediClinic is looking a lot better. And as I said earlier on, the long-term thematics of medical is actually quite positive. All right, great. Uh, Wayne, always good chatting, and uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on MediClinic there. Thank you, yes. Uh, that was Wayne McCurry, a senior portfolio manager at Ashburton Investments. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics, and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing, and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. Right, and that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. Remember, both our English and Afrikaans-speaking shows get going at 6 p.m. on SAFM and RSG. Be sure to tune into those and uh, stay tuned to the MoneyWeb platform for more breaking news. And as I mentioned, an update to that story around the uh, uh, luxury apartment block developed uh, by and bought by, rather, Steinhoff. Uh, that'll be coming in the next few minutes. But until the same time tomorrow, cheers for now. 